You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? And our Patreon supporters. Episode 28, Gardening Biodynamically for 45 Years, with host Linda Borgie and guest Charlotte Anthony. Well, hello, everyone. Linda Borgie here from Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? Well, I have to tell you, uh, I have been physically traveling up and down the East Coast, you know, on tour, Grow Food, Earn Money tour, you know, wanting people to farm their yards biodynamically. And now I'm getting ready to pack my things up and I'm going to be relocating to Silver Springs, Maryland, which... uh, is eight miles outside of Washington, D.C., getting closer and closer to my grandbabies. But, you know, since I started um, Farmyard, I've met people from all over the planet. Yeah, it's really very, very heartwarming to speak to people from Australia. And I have lots of friends in Africa and you know through the the efforts of, of my farmyard dream team we have uh, quite the presence on Facebook and I got an email while I was traveling from a woman by the name of Charlotte Anthony and she was from the west coast and she had said that she had helped create 650 gardens Holy moly baloney, right? That really made me smile from ear to ear. And I apologize profusely for not responding, you know, promptly, but that I had been traveling and will continue to do so in the very near future. Did ask her if she would be a guest on our podcast, and she agreed. And I have her on the line right now. Are you there, Charlotte? I am. Yes, and not only has she created 650 gardens, but she goes way back when it comes to biodynamics. So that was another thing that I found to be just so interesting. So Charlotte, what I would love for you to do is just tell our listeners a little bit about you and all the great stuff that we've been talking about over our past few conversations. Okay, well, as a child, my father, um, uh, my heritage is to come from a long line of Danish peasants. So my father, my actual grandfather, was the one that moved our version of the family over to the U.S. Um, And I believe he was the first one in our line that was not just a farmer. And he actually was a builder, but he grew all the food for his family. And my father, who was in the military, also wanted to grow most of the food for our family. So as a child, I worked with my father on the land. And and he would do things like um, tell me to weed, and I would weed but I would throw the weeds back on the land, and he would say, you can't do that. And I would say, yes, I can, and I am, and I will. 
<laughs> so I had this sense of generations of farming and had a sense of what to do, even as a six-year-old. Isn't that incredible? I really do believe that some of us actually do arrive on the planet with that planted planted inside of us. I see that with my, my granddaughter. I had her planting pansies when she was 20 months old, and she knew exactly what to do. I didn't have to tell her how to do it. So I can understand that. So you knew that those weeds needed to go back back there out in the land. To feed the, um, to, to cover the soil and to feed the soil. I knew that from a very young age. Um, so we can fast forward to my first any kind of training. And that was when I moved to a farm, which became a biodynamic farm when I was 28 years old. And I went to uh, several biodynamic conferences um, down at Threefold Farm, which is in Spring Valley, New York, um, to learn more about biodynamic farming. And um, that was very exciting to me. Um, I don't know if you all know, but I'll just say this. one: I studied a lot of of um, Rudolf Steiner and books about anthroposophy and how that related to biodynamic farming. And one of the mm. things that Rudolf Steiner says is that we are the connection, we humans are the connection between the spirit above and the ground below. Um, so that moved me profoundly. And somehow I interpreted that to mean that as we walk in the garden, we're activating that connection. Well, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I mean, and now they've put certain words on that as well, you know, um, like uh, earthing, E-A-R-T-H-I-N-G. And that's the act of walking on the earth barefoot because what it's giving us are the earth ions and that, that those are you know it's energy frequencies and we cut ourselves off from that when we first began to put rubber on the bottom of our shoes so you know we've gotten to a point now where where science has caught up to you know the processes that have always been there they didn't just you know come out of nowhere right yeah so you began, um, you began gardening biodynamically. How many years ago would you say? It was when I was 28, and I'm 73. Okay. So is that 45 years? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have been doing this biodynamically gardening biodynamically for about 45 years. What would you say, uh, Charlotte, to the listener? Right that's just starting, that no one ever gave them the skills, taught them any kind of skills to grow anything anywhere. Would you encourage them uh, to go ahead and go into the darkness of the night and start growing a little bit of their own food? Would you tell them that it's difficult or not? Or what would be your recommendations to them? 
if you were them right now in this day and age? Well, this is a great um, way of thinking because what I see right now is most people are in a what I will call an agriculture paradigm. Um, and there is a video made by uh, Toby Hemingway called um, Why Agriculture Can Never Be Sustainable. And ultimately what he says in that video is because our minds are in a, a way of controlling and deciding what the earth needs as opposed to a horticulture paradigm where our minds would be open to what the earth, to working, connecting to the earth and what the earth needs. Um, and every one of us has that ability in us. We see it like you were talking about with your granddaughter. We see it in children. Children can know things from the inside. And that's our job at this point. So any new person... I would love to see them start on this path, and uh, and I would and I feel like that way they would um, remove themselves from depression, um, because this is where our real connection is. And when we deprive ourselves of that connection, then we get depressed. Um, anyway, so does that make any sense? It does make sense, and you know what else. Um you know what else I think too, as well, Charlotte, is if the, if no one's telling us because they don't know that this is lacking in our life, that this is something that is is necessary to produce serotonin in our brain and to bring us joy, right? Yep. We're not being told that, but what we are being told is that, especially if you start to, you know, use the word farming, right? You know, that's hard work. Yes. That's, you know, a, a laborious, you know, it, it's nothing, you never see anything that's really, you know, positive in that realm. And I've always questioned that because my, my uh, experience of 11 years as an urban farmer in the Hudson Valley of New York State up until 2015 was brought nothing but a lot of joy to me. So if I can do that, I mean, it's not, you know. Well, what I see is when we are trying to do prescriptions, when we're trying to do what somebody else's mind tells us to do, it takes us out of that place of joy. But when we're actually in the garden, learning what the garden needs from our own beingness, from our own center, that's where the joy comes. Mm -hmm. And that would be true throughout our lives. Um, some of the other uh, things that bring joy to people are cooking, knitting, um, and these are things that people can do from inside of themselves. Again, you can cook from a cookbook. Um, or you can cook from that center of your being. Most definitely. Now you had you had told uh, uh, you had mentioned that you had gone somewhere about a year ago. Was it a convention or 
Bio. Uh, yes, it was called the Bionutrient Association. Bionutrient Association. And where are they from? Where are they? Are they United States based? Oh, yes. They are. Uh, I'm not thinking of the name of the person who started it. Oh, that's okay. But he has a farm in western Massachusetts. Oh, interesting. On the East Coast, yeah. Yes. And there's an amazing number of experts from around, especially the United States, mm -hmm. that came there and presented. And there was um, some amazing information for me there. Um, I have always, I mean, as you said, starting from biodynamics, I've always respected the soil life and understood that the soil life were my main partners in creating these plants. Um, <laughs> not that I'm even a creator of the plants, but the soil life uh, works with the plants. What I learned at this conference is is absolutely transforming, which is that the um, plants don't have internal microbiome like, like humans do or like animals do. So we have brought the microbes from the outside of us into the inside of us. And so that's where our digestion happens. The plants have their microbes still in the soil. So in order for them to digest, um, they have to have their microbe partners. And what their microbe partners give them is we can just talk in four layers, and I'm sure it's much more complicated than this. But the first layer is the carbohydrate layers, which plants without their microbe partners can do photosynthesis. They can turn the CO2 in the air and the sunlight into um, oxygen and carbon. And, and the second layer of that is the protein layer. They cannot make complete proteins without their micropartners. The third layer is the lipid layer, and they can't make complete lipids without their micropartner. And the fourth layer is a little hard on the tongue, is the secondary plant metabolites, which are all the amazing alkaloids and um, what we call the medicinal qualities of the plant. Every plant has these medicinal qualities. Well, these, all of these layers end up meaning that the plant is not attacked by insects um, or disease, and that those layers protect the plant from that. And the, even more exciting than that is that those layers, those complete plant layers feed our microbiome so that we don't get cancer, um, heart disease, diabetes, um, all of the problems that, in fact, the U.S. has more of than any other country in the world <laughs> because our farming practices have, uh, have gotten rid of our, microbe, of our microbes. Um, and that's, that's been true. Actually, it's starting to reverse now. Thank God. Thank God it's starting to reverse. Yes. Yeah, so there's a whole no-till system happening in the Midwest, etc., 
But this is this is the main reason for growing your own garden. It's how you can get what you need so that you don't get those diseases. That is correct. And uh, right there outside of your kitchen door. I mention, I always like to mention little tidbits of information, but a hundred square feet will save $700 a year in your food bill. A hundred square feet. And remember, you don't have to do a hundred square feet. You could do 10 square feet. You could do five square feet. Whatever it is, once you start, it'll grow. I mean, it's always uh, seems to get that way. Once you first start to get that food, right, Charlotte, in your mouth that you just picked? Yes, and I want to go a little further, Linda. I don't know the statistics, but what if it saved you um, over the course of your life? Um $5,000 a year in medical bills, <laughs> not to mention your energy, your ecstasy, your joy, your, I mean, it's so much more than money. Well, for, but for some people, $700 a year in a food bill, that's a big deal, you know? And 5000 a year in a medical bill could even be a bigger deal. Well, sure it could, sure it could. Most definitely. Uh, there's many ways. But the point of the matter is, is that we have 48.5 million acres of turf grass in our country. It's the largest cultivated crop of the land, using 40% of the drinking water on the East Coast. So now we're going to flip that around, and we're going to have... Places like Lettuce Lane, Broccoli Boulevard, and a tsunami of zucchini. Really quickly, really quickly, Charlotte, right? Yep. And the way we grow it, it will take many times less water. Many times less water. And that is going to be uh, the beginning of our next episode. Because Charlotte is just a wealth of knowledge... We're going to have her back on. Uh, Charlotte actually spent two years in India, and she is going to tell us all about that experience and some really awesome Indian knowledge of the way they create fertility on their farms while she was there. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on today with us. You're very welcome. It's been a blast. It was really fun, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to diving deeper into, you know, the India conversation. It's so very magical and mystical, and I can hardly wait to get that on the air as well. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. I mean, you put gas in the car, and we we just couldn't do it without you. Uh, please subscribe uh, to our podcast on iTunes, and 
put some remarks down in there um, and ask others to do the same. So I will, as normal, as usual, I will catch you on the flip side. And until then, go farm your yard biodynamically. Next on the Farm Yard Podcast, The Real Inside Garden, with host Linda Borgie and guest Barbara George. This podcast is community-supported. We thank everyone for tuning in, and a special thank you goes out to all our Patreon supporters. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe and share. You can help support us through Farm Yard, all one word, on patreon.com.